Hello, this is Horace Williams Jr. of PleasantToThePod.com podcast. Hope you all are doing well this August 18th of 2021. I wanted to uh, record something today. Um, earlier this month, I celebrated my 55th birthday. My mother came for a visit. I canceled a... Uh, birthday gathering that I was going to have actually a few days from now but uh, it hit me earlier today that um, I think there was um, a different reason that I didn't have any type of celebration um, this year even though 55 is uh, the quote unquote golden birthday it was about this time last year that uh, my father went to be with Jesus lost my dad he had battled Alzheimer's and suffered a heart attack in the middle of a pandemic and ended up uh, going home to heaven so I think uh, with it just being a year didn't really feel the inclination to celebrate my birthday and so I guess everybody grieves in different ways but today I want to share, um, I have been a little frustrated that I haven't um, begun writing on my next book after finishing the first of, publishing the first of Affliction last September. I know what I want to write about or have ideas what I like to write about, but just haven't been able to put it together just yet. So I'm trusting the Lord that he will. Give me the direction when it's time. But I want to share with you something that I was finally able to write about my dad. Um, I published this on my website back in August 14th, so almost uh, a year to the day. It's titled, Dad Took the Romans Road to Glory, He's with Jesus going to read this to you and then I'm going to share some other things that I have written about my father. Hope that you will bear with me. Um, but I just felt the inclination to want to share this with you. So I wrote this in August of 2020. Dearest Dad, four years ago I wrote a guest post about you. I talked about your love for music as you continue to battle with Alzheimer's. The article was very well received. I was taken by surprise by the number of people whose life has been affected by some version of this horrific disease. Now here we are on August 8th of 2020 and God has requested you to come home. You are currently in heaven. Your brilliant mind that could speak several languages and love to decipher God's word is now restored sharper than ever. No more heart troubles, no more pain. You don't have to take any more medicine either. Oh, hey, man, I can't wait for that. You can now worship at our Savior's feet and bend the ear of the Apostle Paul as you two discuss the book of Romans. Why Romans, you ask? Let me tell you something about my dad. He absolutely loved the book of Romans. He was a student of the entire Bible, but it was Romans that he studied to memorize every single verse. I may have been rebelling through my teenage years, but I was not blind. 
that always carried a set of three by five cards in the chest pocket of his short sleeve shirts. On those cards were Bible verses from the Book of Romans. At any given moment, he would glance at them throughout the day, checking and rechecking his memorization of those verses. To honor my father today, I'm going to share some of my favorite verses from the Book of Romans. Maybe you'll begin to understand why I love him so much and why this book of the Bible was so special to him. Then I share this uh, verse from Psalms that pretty much sums up uh, what grief is about. Every night I make my bed swim. I dissolve my couch with tears. My eye has wasted away with grief. That's Psalm 6, 6 and 7. So first let's talk about the conversion of my dad. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23 states, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. At the age of 25, my dad, while staring out at the snow-capped mountains surrounding our backyard in western Germany, said this, There must be a God. It was at that moment that he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Now also I have been informed that after he made that statement, there must be a God, he went and got the Bible of my mom and started reading it. And that's what helped lead him to Christ. It always comes back to the word of God. An alcoholic at the time of his salvation, dad was called by God to then go to Bible college. So we were headed back to the United States. You might be thinking, just like that, your dad became a Christian? The answer is yes. Salvation is a gift from God. He knows the hearts and minds of every man and woman. Dad chose to confess his sins, admitted he's a sinner, and wanted salvation. He didn't have to see a priest or do an unlimited number of things. He just had to say yes to Jesus. Then I quote a scripture verse from Romans 10:9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's Romans 10.9. Why is it so hard for so many to confess their sins and admit their need for a Savior? The answer is pride. In my upcoming book titled The Furnace of Affliction, How God Used Our Pain and Suffering for His Purpose, I refer to pride as a sneaky sin. It's so easy for us to live in pride at times. Throughout history, pride has been the downfall of many, both men and women. It takes humility of heart to recognize our sinfulness and our need for Jesus as Lord of our life. I was only a toddler when my father asked Jesus into his heart, but I can say this. My dad was the most humble man I've ever known. He always put others before himself, and sometimes people took advantage. But God fostered a spirit of humility in his heart. Now I'm going to talk about the commitment of dad, of my dad. After arriving in the States, it wasn't too long before my father enrolled at Faith Baptist Bible College in Ankeny, Iowa, a small town outside the capital city of Des Moines. To help Dad keep a roof over our head, Dad worked the graveyard shift at Firestone Tire and Rubber Company. He handled the giant tractor tires in the warehouse. Dad had several bruised and mangled toes to prove it. Ouch! <laughs> I was in elementary school during these years. I remember how tired my dad always seemed to be, yet I never heard him complain. He did what he needed to do to not only improve himself, but provide for his family. 
Dad had gone from a captain in the United States Army to a Bible college student working the graveyard shift full-time. He was no longer drinking, and yet he lived with so much peace. Why? Well, when you read some of my favorite verses from Romans chapter 5, maybe it will make sense to you. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's Romans 5, verses 1 and 3 through 6. I just love that verse, Romans 5, 1. Therefore, having justified, been, been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And let me just add a little extra bit here. There's nothing like the peace of God. Nothing compares to the peace of God, the peace of God that he provides. Now back to the article. I don't believe that Dad ever forgot all that his Heavenly Father had done for him. So not only did he live with a humble heart, but with a heart of gratitude toward God. Now speaking about the transformation of my dad. When we lived in Germany, Dad would come home and he liked to play with his young son, that being me. He'd chase me around the house and sometimes play wrestle with me a bit. I still remember the blue blanket he threw over my head to trap me. I'd scream in fear because I could not escape his grasp. I'd hear him laughing, ignoring my terrified screams. Thankfully, Mama demanded my release from my father's hold on me. I still believe that was the beginning of my claustrophobia that I struggle with today. Anyway, I don't remember any more horrifying wrestling matches after we arrived in the United States. Maybe he was too tired from work and school. Needless to say, I wasn't complaining. <laughs> One thing that became evident with Dad was his passion for Christ. He'd talk about Jesus to anyone who'd listen, and even those who wouldn't. During my teen years, I remember rolling my eyes on numerous occasions and reversing course as I heard him speaking to someone about God. Did I mention I had a PhD in rebellion as a teenager? <laughs> Dad wanted anyone everyone to not only know about Jesus, but to have a relationship with the Christ as just as he did. Then I have another uh, scripture from Romans. I believe this is 16, but for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans 1 16. I knew there was a 16 in there. It was Dad's fearlessness in sharing this gospel, sharing the gospel, that still inspires me today as an author. There are times when I'm ridiculed or made fun of, or just told him I'm foolish for putting my faith in God. I remember how he carried himself in those difficult situations, and I tried to handle it with similar grace, still fervent, but with Christ-like grace. There was a definite heart change in my father since he came to know the Lord. Dad saw things with the lens of God's view instead of his own. He put God first in everything, which on many occasions made no sense to me. Then we have another one, another scripture from Romans. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
to, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transferred by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. That's Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Great scripture. Now this is the the last topic of this article about my father. It's called Opportunities Missed. So I'm curious what this is about. My dad loved the Lord with all his heart, but that does not mean his life was perfect and everything was a bed of roses after his salvation. Far from it. His unhealthy eating habits and alcoholism when he was younger led to a myriad of health issues. He had stents placed in some arteries of his heart, struggled with diabetes, and then Alzheimer's. I believe it was a combination of all these that led to his death. He was only 75 years old. It seems young to me because I was. it was almost eight years ago that I recommitted my life to Jesus. That was uh, September 9th of 2012, so almost nine years ago now. I want that same strong relationship with Jesus my father had. It's about seven years ago he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. By the time I had published my first Christian inspiration book, the disease was in full effect. As I approach the release of my next book, the feeling is bittersweet. Although I know Dad is in heaven right now, my heart breaks that I never got to talk about the Bible with him that much, despite his numerous attempts to do so, to do so when I was younger. I believe he recognized my picture on the back of my first book, but that's about it. However, I have peace knowing that I will have all eternity to talk with Dad about God, the Bible, and living as a Christian. We won't have to worry about time. Neither neither of us will be in any pain. We will be enjoying the fellowship with other saints as we worship our Savior. Hallelujah. There are so many inspiring, encouraging, and comforting verses of Scripture in the powerful book of Romans. I hope this post not only gives you a glimpse of who my dad was, but piques your interest to read through it sometime. It is not that long of a book. Any time spent perfectly reading will bless you. I thank God for blessing me with Horace Williams Sr. as my father. He is the best dad ever. Humble, giving, compassionate, genuine, and much more. He was one of a kind. I miss him dearly. I pray God will grant me the courage, strength, and wisdom to glorify God with my life as he did. Thank you for reading. Thank you for listening. Till we meet again, Dad. Love, Horace Jr. I'm going to pause and I will return with the rest of this um, episode about my father. Okay, we're back. This is Horace Williams Jr. of PleasingToThePod.com podcast. Kind of honoring my father today. As it was a year ago, this time he went to be with Jesus in heaven. And I had mentioned in the first part of this episode that I struggled to celebrate my 55th birthday. And I think when it came down to it, it was just kind of hard to be in a celebratory mood only one year after his passing. So I'm going to share something I wrote about him. This was in 2018. So it was about three years ago. It was around, it was Father's Day of 2018. And this is titled, Silent Whispers in the Injured Mind of My Father. 
The mind is one of the fascinating creations God made. It is something beyond my comprehension for sure. I never, I never really gave it much thought until I experienced some short-term memory issues after my hemorrhagic stroke in the summer of 2010. Don't tell anybody, but I believe I had some senior memory lapses before that life-changing event. I didn't much mind at the time, but since then I have seen the effects that Alzheimer's disease has had on my father. Excuse me. Alzheimer's is a horrific disease, but I'll talk more about that later. This post is about my amazing, wonderful father. I'm going to try and finish this post without tearing up. I was born like a baby when I wrote about him in 2016. I was sad and yet joyful as I remembered my dad. At, I'm sorry. I'm sad and yet joyful as I remembered. My dad celebrated his 73rd birthday this past April. I cannot tell you how thankful I am that God has allowed him to be here with my family and me. I look forward to visiting him this Father's Day weekend. My father is the most humble, God-fearing, compassionate man I know. You notice that's the theme about my dad, his humility. He and my mother had me at a young age. I remember living in Western Germany as a toddler while he served in the United States Army. At the time, my father did not know the Lord, but I knew he loved me. He would come home and play with me to hear me laugh and giggle. My father struggled with alcohol during his time in the Army. However, I still remember the story he used to tell me of how he came to know Christ as his Lord and Savior. He said, one day I was looking out the back window of our house at the beautiful snow-capped mountains with tears running down my face. And I said to myself, there must be a God. It was at that moment that my father asked God to forgive him of his sins and asked Jesus to be Lord of his life. He was 25 years old at the time. I'm thankful that he went and dug into my mother's Bible. I believe he was reading the book of John, which helped lead him to salvation. It was then that my father's life changed forever. While still in Germany, my father felt the Lord calling him to ministry. Once he had completed his tour of service and narrowly missed being sent away for an assignment in the Vietnam War, my dad moved us back to the States so he could so he and my mother could attend Bible college in Iowa. I was in first grade when we moved back to the States. I attended a large Christian school and made fast friends. My best friend was Joe, the son of a pastor who ran the school. I loved hanging out at Joe's house after school, waiting for my father to pick me up. The best was the weekend overnight stays. We'd go out behind their home into the woods and ride mini bikes. Oh man, that was fun. So much fun. I love riding mini bikes. I made so many friends I continued through elementary. They were Scott and Craig who would who I would box with them upstairs in their converted attic. <laughs> those were some battles with those boxing gloves. Now talk about God's call. My elementary years were the best. After moving from a cramped college size apartment, we lived in a big old two story house overlooking two enormous walnut trees and my mother's garden. I had some great friends I had grown extremely fond of at school. I did not see as much of my father as he worked the graveyard shift while attending Bible college. Then came the news on a day I'll never forget. My father interrupted my brother and myself playing around in our bedroom with a knock at the door. He was looking so intense I wondered what was wrong. Boys, 
God has called me to be a home missionary. These are words that shook me to the core. Missionary? I pictured myself living in a grass hut, running from the natives, like the stories I'd heard of David Livingston. There was a tiny whisper of rebellion on the back of my mind as my father exited the room. Missionaries? Not me. You all have fun with that. I'm staying here with my friends. Looking back on that time in my life, oh, how I wish my heart were in a different place when my beloved father shared with me God's calling on his life. Then I quote a scripture verse in this, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That's found in Ephesians 6, verse 2. Then I have the subtitle, Fighting with My Father. Let me make this clear. My father was never physically combative with me. However, my spirit was battling feverishly against what God had called him to do. I did not honor him and my mother as we I did not honor him and my mother as we began traveling around the country to raise awareness and support for the ministry God had called him. From the ages of thirteen to eighteen I earned a PhD in rebellion. I'm ashamed to admit there were very few instances that I helped my father in his ministry with a cheerful heart. Cheerful heart. That's the key. Cheerful heart. I did play the piano, but wasn't. I didn't do it cheerfully <laughs> for the church services. The patience and kindness Dad showed on showered on me, despite my attitude that needed adjusting was God infused. I knew his heart was heavy. His desire was for me to have a longing for ministry, but I would have none of it. I was like, "Oh no, this life is not for me." I had big plans at the age of 15. I wanted to be a sports superstar like Magic Johnson of the Los Angeles Lakers. My basketball career was taking flight as I had worked tirelessly to improve my basketball skills. If that did not work, I wanted to become a model or movie star and make lots of money. I never wanted to wear hand-me-downs or handmade clothes again. I wanted to be the first African-American James Bond, 007. Williams, Horace Williams. <laughs> anyway, my father and I spent lots of time in cars together. He taught me how to drive a stick shift automobile. And on several occasions, he would take me out for ice cream and talk with me about my future, trying to convince me of the need to put God first in my life. I didn't want to hear it, so I began to avoid him more and more. I became a recluse in my room mostly coming out for food, trips to the bathroom, or when, for or when summoned for family devotions. Despite my best efforts to make my, my rebellion felt by my parents, Dad would willingly pick me up from work in the late hours of the night after he had been working all day. He never complained even once. Driving home, he enjoyed giving me advice about my goals and dreams that were biblically sound and encased in love. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. That's found in Proverbs 22, verse 6. Now talking about the signs of decline. The first signs of Alzheimer's began while recovering at my parents' home after my stroke. I was lying in my hospital bed, barely able to sit up on my own, and my father walked into the room. Boy, was I glad to see him. However, he mumbled something that I could not hear, which was unlike him. I asked him to repeat, and he stated, I'm sorry, I have totaled your car. My initial response was shock and then concern. 
Mind you, that car was my baby. I called it my Batmobile. I had vanity plates, a red dark night, leather seats, sunroof, chrome wheels, everything. I then asked my father, are you okay? It was not like him to have traffic accidents. I rarely saw him break the speed limit. I mean, never. It wasn't too long after this incident that he shared that he had early onset Alzheimer's. My father was a brilliant man. He could speak four languages and he loves classical music. However, that man I disrespected and didn't appreciate when I was younger is slowly slipping away a little bit each day. Mom brought him to visit me one Sunday at Sunday school on Mother's Day. It was so great to see him all dressed up in his suit that I could not stop hugging, hugging him during Sunday school. Then a few minutes later at the restaurant, he calls me stupid and throws napkins at me. I choose to ignore it and keep showing him the love that I wish I'd shown years ago. I know that in a few seconds, he won't remember what he said. The wide range of attitudes is challenging for my mother and brother as they deal with this type of behavior daily. I pray that no one gets injured from his bouts of aggression towards them. No guarantees. I decided to share the story about my father to remind you that you have no idea what the future holds. Things can change in an instant. My heart aches when I see my dad right now. He still greets me with love, but the interaction is gone. He was once a voracious communicator. Now he mostly stares into space, even in the midst of conversations about him. Our words are nothing but silent whispers in his mind. What I wouldn't give to have discussions with Dad about God, the Bible, or the new book I'm currently writing. Now and then we experience his brief moments of clarity and it sends us over the moon with joy. There was a glimpse of pride when my book on prayer was published at the end of 2016. Dad and my mother came over, came over that day. The proofs were delivered to my house. When he turned the book over and saw my picture on the back cover, the look on his face was priceless. Make every moment count as you seek to live in love like Christ. Take nothing and no one for granted. Speaking for Dad. Growing up, my dad's favorite book of the Bible was Romans, as you just heard in the previous segment. He would carry around the 355 cards in his short pocket his goal was to memorize the entire book. At the time, I thought he was crazy. Who would want to learn the whole book of the Bible? Now that I'm in ministry myself, I see the value of this compelling book of Scripture. I want to leave you with some of my favorite pa passages from Romans to represent my father. I pray you are blessed as you read. For I long to see that you, for I long to see you, that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That's Romans 1, 11, 12, and verse 16. Are you seeking to encourage those you encounter each day, or do your actions and words drain the life out of them, hurting your testimony? Therefore, having justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrates his own love for us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
That's Romans 5, verses 1, 6, and 8. What a beautiful reminder of God's unconditional love for you and me. Thank Him for His love every moment that you can. Here's another verse from Romans, probably one of the most well-known verses, one of, my, one of my favorites. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. I'm going to give you a sneak peek at something I challenge readers to think about in my next book, The Furnace of Affliction. Whose good is this scripture referring to in this verse? Yours or God's? Are they two different things? Think on that for a moment or two. Also, don't forget about verse 29. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transferred by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. That's Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I have a question. Are you purposely renewing your mind via the Holy Scriptures, immersing yourself in the Bible? It cannot be an every once in a while thing, but it needs to be a daily habit. Satan will attack your mind, so arming yourself with God's Word is the best way to defeat his attacks. And finally, in closing, talking about my father and his legacy. My father may not be able to interact, understand, or communicate as he did many years ago. However, his love for God and the example he set is imprinted on me for life. I want to live as the godly man that he has been for almost 50 years. He and I may not be able to serve God alongside in ministry at this stage of our lives. However, I know that when our bodies are whole and we are joined together in heaven one day, we will serve the Lord with gladness. I thank God for my father every day. He may be unaware, but his oldest son now lives to please our Savior. Love you, Dad. Horace Jr. If you want to read more fantastic facts about my dad and his love for music, you can visit the guest post I wrote back in 2016. Also, what is the status of your relationship with your father currently? Is he still with you? Share some memories or favorite scriptures in the comments. Thank you for visiting. And remember, your Heavenly Father will never leave you. May God continue to bless you and your family. Okay, that was an article that I wrote about my dad back in 2018. And I think we've got one last, it's a shorter post um, that a woman had asked me to write about after I had visited her website and shared some thoughts about my dad. Let's see if I can pull that up real quickly here. I think I've got a li link to it. But I hope that um, this gives you a little bit of an insight into who my dad was and it kind of makes explains to me why it's been so hard for me to put things down on paper. I just finished uh, writing The Furnace of Affliction, which was challenging in itself. I, I don't think that I am mentally or emotionally ready to dive into it. It's such a emotionally draining book if that makes sense but um let's see here we go i'm going to share with you what i wrote this is the first time i ever wrote about my dad on the website and of course i was asked to so 
I didn't want to say no, but um, thank you, Linda, for encouraging me to share about my dad. So this was published at Father's Day of 2016, so about five years ago. And it's titled Music Memories in the Mind of My Wonderful Father. Horace Woman Jr. commented on a post here at Being Woven, which so touched my heart. It was in regards to the topic and the love he has for his father. I have invited him to be my guest today. In honor of, Fa in honor of Father's Day, I welcome Horace, Horace Williams Jr. pleasing to the potter.com. My father is a wonderful man. I am blessed to be his firstborn son and his namesake. I have not written specifically about him on my site, even though it was intended in the parent references I've made on several occasions. My father and I have a very unique relationship, but I have grown older and wiser. My desire to live like he lives in representing Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to pause right there. Okay, I'm back. One thing I want to share, because I've noticed that it's been mentioned a couple of times about my desire to live like my dad. When I saw my father on his deathbed and he was struggling to stay with us, I remember telling him that it was okay to go, that Jesus, Jesus was calling him. And I promised him that I would do my best to tell people about Jesus. His reaction was priceless. Even though he couldn't speak, he started flailing away and trying to smile. And my sister told me to keep talking because she's like, can't you see how he's reacting? I said, I didn't know what else to say because my heart was breaking at the same time. But I'm glad he's with Jesus now. Okay, back to this article that I wrote about him five years ago about his love for music. Today, I want to share with you some highlights so you can know him a little better. And then I will convey how music has impacted my father's life and continues to do so. Growing up as a child, I can remember my father and his love for classical music. I did not really understand it at the time, and I can remember thinking, where are the words? How can you listen to music with no words? I would ask myself. Two of his favorite composers are Beethoven and Tchaikovsky. I admit as I got older, I began to understand his affinity for classical music. In fact, I am listening to one of my favorites, Tchaikovsky, right now as I type this. He composed so many great pieces of music, such as The Nutcracker, Swan Lake, and my favorite, his Piano Concerto Number no. 1. As a former piano player myself, I can only dream, of, only dream to have played like this, but I digress. Now back to my father. Here are some highlights to give you a sneak peek into just who he is. Now we've got some fantastic facts about my father. So it's going to be a lot of F's. He was a faithful husband. Dad and mom celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary this year. He's a fantastic father of five children. A fortunate grandpa to 11 amazing grandchildren. I think that number has grown to maybe about 15 by now. But I say fortunate because my parents had to be wondering if I'd ever give them a grandchild, I think my mom stopped asking me 15 years ago. Dad was fluent in five, four, fluent in four languages. At one time he was. He spoke English, Spanish, French, and German. He's a first-class Army veteran. Dad was a distinguished Army captain of the MPs during the time of the Vietnam War. A former pastor, church planter, and home missionary. 
It was during my dad's time in the army that he came to know Christ as his Lord and Savior. In fact, led to attend Bible college. He then became a home missionary as God directed him to start a church. And also, he was a free taxi driver. <laughs> I can still remember either dropping dad either dropping me off or picking me up in the wee hours of the night from work, regardless of how many hours he had worked that day. He was a frequently awkward advisor. I think because my father saw us as so different, he had a hard time figuring me out sometimes. Although he had always advised me in love growing up, our differences made it hard on him at times. For example, I loved playing sports. He played in the band. He loved sci-fi movies. And I prefer a great mystery or love story. Oh, how I wish I'd listened to those awkward conversations growing up. Looking back now, they were filled with such godly conversations. Looking back now, they were filled with such godly wisdom. Sorry about that. Fighting a difficult battle with a debilitating Alzheimer's disease. Yes, you read correctly. My father now suffers from Alzheimer's. A few years ago, my father was T-boned while driving my car as I was recovering from the stroke. My car was totaled. He was okay, just a little shaken. It was at that moment we wondered if there might be something wrong with the safest driver I had ever known. I remember the day he told me his diagnosis was confirmed. He kept repeating it to anyone who would listen. I have Alzheimer's. It broke my heart. As I watch Alzheimer's progressively attack my father's brain, I go to God in prayer asking for peace in my father's mind. I do not understand the disease and I'm not sure anyone does. I've read research articles and reports on the subject. It was stated in one article that sometimes Alzheimer's sufferers remember things buried in their heart. I feel my father's love when he greets me with a kiss and calls me by my name. His love for music is still evident. For our parents' 50th anniversary, all of my siblings pitched in and we got them tickets to the symphony. It was a performance of both Beethoven and Mozart. My mom said he absolutely loved it. He sat still for the entire two-hour performance and did not move a muscle. I would include a picture, but they're all pretty dark. Mom also plays a local classical music station when they're driving as too much talking seems to perturb him sometimes. My father has always been a fan of the old school hymns. He never really has been a fan of the contemporary Christian music. He loves hymns like Old Rugged Cross and How Great Thou Art. One hymn that has special meaning and seems to have stayed with him throughout everything is My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. It is a beautiful hymn from the 1800s, a song overflowing with hope in Jesus and our foundation in him. Just a few days ago, we all went to visit our parents. He sat down in the chair next to me and asked me how I was doing. I told him I was feeling okay, but was having a little pain. He looked me in the eye and recited the first verse of this song to me. It was all I could do to keep from crying. I got up and kissed him on the forehead. As I whispered, I love you, Dad. I'm not sure I will ever understand why this is happening to such a kind, loving, and brilliant man with a heart for God. I trust my Father in Heaven to ask Him that He bless my earthly father with the peace of mind, even if it's a few minutes of listening to or hearing his favorite songs. I've included a beautiful video of the song my dad recites to me every time he sees me. I pray you are encouraged and inspired. Please pay for my father. 
and grace for my mother. Blessings to you and yours. Horace Williams, Jr. Okay, well, I'm going to take a moment and play the song that was one of my dad's favorites. So bear with me as I get this queued up. Okay, I think we're good to go.
Oh, Christ is solid rock I stand on other ground a sinking stand. Sinking sand. Wow, my dad definitely stood on solid ground the moment he put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I pray that this um, episode has blessed you, encouraged you, given you a little insight into who my father was. I have hope knowing that he's in heaven right now with Jesus. And I'm going to do my best to glorify God in the way that I live and the things that I write and share. This is Horace Hume Jr. You can visit my website at peaceintothepower.com. Also, both my books are still out and available. Unleash the Power of Prayer in Your Life, a Power that Transforms Lives. And my latest book, The First of Affliction, How God Uses Our Pain and Suffering for His Purposes. Once again, I pray you are blessed by this. Keep your eyes on Christ. Have a blessed day, and I'll talk to you soon.